<laughs> you think darkness is your ally? <laughs> you doing the Grinch? <laughs> woman to watch movies and do you take this man to talk about them i now pronounce you a podcast hey listeners welcome to the new year we have a slate of movies that we are very excited to watch and podcast about this year but as i've warned any listeners who caught the first two installments of this batman trilogy we did record these last summer so please excuse or laugh at any dated conversation like that we're so desperate for movies that we were excited to watch The New Mutants or one odd line explaining how there are safety barriers around the U.S. Capitol building, a throwaway line that I truly did not think would hit so weird just a few short months later. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us in this silly and fun endeavor that we've so enjoyed doing for the past year. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the pod! Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Wife Watches. I'm your host, Jason. Uh, with me always is my co-host, Courtney. Hello. And joining us again to round out the uh, Christopher Nolan trilogy of A Dark Knight Films, we've got Ryan Chalet. Wow, wow, wow. It's an honor to be here again. <laughs> I'm going to be happier to be here, if I'm being honest. Well, before we start, do we have any uh, little uh, movie news? I believe movie? we do. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I've been losing... My shit for the past 24 hours because last night I realized that we can buy tickets for new mutants. That's right. Next week. And then today I did a little sleuthing on our local movie apps and realized we can buy tickets for Tenet tomorrow for a couple Uh, weeks, a week and a half. Are are they early screen tickets? They are. I did get like excitement that i haven't felt in a long time seeing those movie times and tickets oh i feel that and like the thought of waking up tomorrow early to like check the app you know what i also felt that i haven't felt in a long time was um like nerves <laughs> in, in the way of like is it like when you're like going to a theme park the next day okay so no he, no. he right. shook his head All okay right. sorry, sorry 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 no it's like i have to do a performance and i'm nervous about the performance oh. because like i don't know if i'm going to be able to get the right seats oh yeah like the uh-huh. best and i don't know who you have no control over who is around you and you're like i want to make sure this will be like the best viewing experience for this movie because it's a very important i have a good theater experience for this yeah. movie yeah and sometimes when you're sitting there and you're by just an asshole you're like wow I had no idea when I was picking these out, if I had just clicked that row right there, right. I would be in such a better situation right now. And I haven't felt like that in, honestly, maybe Rise of Skywalker. I missed. But I was going to say Endgame, maybe. Endgame, like, yeah. Yeah, where the stakes are like, I have to get a good seating or it's going to like ruin a great experience. The stakes are very high. Never been higher. I, I miss shitting on people at the movie theater. We're just remembering how funny it is to make fun of them after, but we're not remembering how actually... Yeah. How mad you are. I would trade every (laughs) great story I have for great theater experiences. The guy that answered his FaceTime, Mary Poppins. Or like that guy that next to us in Widows who had like brought like food and was eating it and kept scratching his hair. Oh, yeah. Like dumped everything out. But don't you kind of... I just miss like a theater experience. I don't care what it's like right now. Or the guy in Bohemian Rhapsody that kept singing along. 
<laughs> or kept making living like, his life. Kept making comments at the screen, like when he when he plays the first few numbers of Bohemian Rhapsody, and he's like, "There, that might be something." Oh. The guy next to me is like, "Oh, I bet, oh, I bet, yeah." We, well, we oh, know. that's so annoying. I'm not excited for that. I am excited to be in a theater. I did have the thought of I remember when Infinity War was coming out. And just like kind of being social media dark for a little while. Yeah. And having that same thought for Tenant. Like, I don't want to know what people think. Well, there was like an international trailer that came out last week. And I've been like, oh, yeah. I don't need to see it. I I've seen everything to. I need to. Exactly. Nothing's gonna, I'm seeing the movie. Like, nothing needs to market me more. I might. I have thought about the feelings I'll feel being in you a mean theater just, again. Uh-huh. For that reason. For I think a new it'll movie. It'll make me emotional. Yeah. Um, I think if I hadn't. Like, we saw Jaws. But I haven't seen a. A movie that I was excited about that was new. Yeah, because I've seen I've seen quite a few old movies in quarantine, quarantine during this pandemic, <laughs> not in quarantine. <laughs> you know, I appreciate the distinction because some people <laughs> some people truly do not understand the difference. <laughs> You're excited for Death on the Nile. I am. Um, I liked Murder on the Orient Express. It was a little slow. I do remember that, but like I remember liking it a lot. And there's I a lot of too. good people. Do you think a little bit of its thunder was stolen by Knives Out, though? Because these are these are like old Agatha Christie novels. That those, both of those movies they've already been adapted into film before. Oh, both of those. So I wonder if a lot of people are like, "Oh, I do." Like, yes, if if they were closer together, but I also think we are so starved for new media. That's true, and yeah. like, I think if there hadn't been a pandemic. I just knives out feels like it was a life hundred years ago. Oh, I would love to watch that this fall. I kind of just was also curious what uh, since we saw everyone last. It's been a, a little bit. It's been like two weeks, maybe. Yeah. What is the last like really good thing that you watched? Well, I don't know that this will interest this group, but I have been watching Great British Bake Off, uh, chef baking show. I don't think it. I don't think this group. I know you don't, Jason. How do you feel? I love it, but I. I forget to watch it but when i do i enjoy it and i watch like seven episodes at a time you don't just casually watch no i love like i'll i'll do the same thing like i'll i won't watch it for a while and then i'll watch like tons of episodes i thought you were anti um i am anti-reality tv however there's an asterisk there okay cooking shows okay yeah um a show that i i loved was a show on uh uh, food network maybe called restaurant impossible this is the closest thing to reality tv that i've actually really liked and it was robert irvine the chef going into failing restaurants and fixing them hmm. oh i would be into that and not only would he fix the restaurants but he'd fix the families that own them as well <laughs> that's good that's good tv i was listening to a podcast and they are like big readers so i mean like i should have known yeah, but they were we like, go. they were like, would you rather never watch TV for the rest of your life or never read a book? And they were like, mm. oh my gosh, I'd way rather never watch TV for the rest of my life. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. No, you, no, you you're wouldn't. a liar. Well, I was reading something the other day that was like, oh, I, I never read anymore. I read so much when I was a kid. And it's like, yeah, because you were bored, and that was your only option. Now you have the internet <laughs> and TV and movies. Yeah. <laughs> Also, and I'm sure people that are really into reading, if we have anyone like that listening to this, they probably think this is like a, like, where we can't, like, focus, like it's an overstimulation, like, cop out. But movies stimulate all of the senses in a way where, no, well, not all of them. Yeah, maybe. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Like, this movie smells Smell, pretty good. Yeah. You smelled the dark night. 
it's, it's really good. Uh, but like, I just feel like it engages it, it. I don't know. It engages me more than a book does. I, I, that's my favorite type of storytelling medium. Cause that's another thing I hate is when people, there's like, there's a shame that can be associated with spending hours watching movies that is not there when you're reading a book. True. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't, it's not that different. You're both sitting there consuming a story. Yeah. I'm just consuming it visually. And you know what I mean? It really, it like something that really gets under my skin and like, you just, well, you just spend hours doing that. I'm like, if I was curled up in a chair reading a book, you would be like, you wow, good bad for you. Eye. You're growing yeah. your brain. Yeah. That is so weird. Dummies. Well, I think it's because most people associate spending hours watching a movie, just having it on and doing nothing. Yeah. But like, if you're watching something that's really engaging you and like some making you really think, like, yeah, it just that's something hey, that drives me crazy. We're on your side. Yeah, I'm in good company. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think for a long time I tried to like be a reader, but I just am not. Not I mean, a reader. I kind of think I did too. I, I that time for that I, for that reason yeah. that everyone was like. Oh, they read yeah. books. Yeah, I think probably in 2014. I read. I read. I think it was the same way. I like gave it maybe an honest crack at hiking. So I was like, <laughs> I think people are supposed to be into this. Oh yeah. It's like the hiking of the brain, where you're like, do people actually enjoy reading, or are you just you? Everyone thinks you have to be into reading to yeah. be very smart. I don't know. I don't I'm also not a fast reader. I read at the speed no, that too. I speak out loud. Yeah. I think that's a big hindrance too, because I don't really enjoy it because I'm a I don't, a moderate to slow reader. I don't dislike reading. I just don't do it very often. Movies and TV has always been my favorite medium in, to the extent that when I would read books growing up and at any time, I was always reading it as if I was trying to visualize how could you like translate this to the screen of what you're showing. And even when it would be like this happened in January, even when they would do like large time jumps in books. I would imagine the montage that would accompany that on a screen. Mm. I was always like trying to visualize it. I just, books have always been like a means to an end of like telling a better story on a better <laughs> medium. Do you know what? I was thinking about that. I was actually thinking about that because I used to write like stories. Uh-huh. I would like write chapters and chapters. I'll just show you sometime. I can only I, imagine. I think they're still at my mom's house. Like I always thought like, I wish I could like find someone and then just like, have them act this out. Like I was more into it, like being like You're a, a screenwriter. Movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like telling them how like, Oh no, I envisioned it this way. Like it wasn't just like a book to me. I wanted it to be more. What was the title of one of your books? Uh, weak ankles. Oh, what? Uh, give me just like, I'm looking out. Oh, weak ankles. What's oh, this? Hmm. And I pulled off the shelf and I look so, at the back. What, what's uh what? Yeah. So I used, I used to like take these pictures. I have this like folder at my mom's house. It's a manila folder and it has, I don't know, like that much in it. She's and holding up her fingers to like an, an inch. 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 Yeah. It was like this picture and it had these like feet and they had daisies in the toes. And it was just like called weak, weak ankles. It was like about a girl in middle school. It was a crush on a boy. And I would print them all out. She was a gymnast. I think that's the one. I, wait, I wrote a lot. Wait. Oh, I wrote the, the Lindsay the one. The Lindsay one, yeah. Yeah, I wrote a story about Lindsay Lohan one time. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Bad Day in L.A. <laughs> you know about, what? about her it was before she went crazy and i had a, I I wrote this like a prophetess right yeah here. i wrote a story about how she was awful she like was showing up late and like didn't i send you a picture of it right i'm pretty sure you read it to me to, over voxer yes i'll have to find it it was i just like wrote stories all the time but i would always imagine 
And I would take it, I would take out the manila folder of the weak ankles one, and I would just go over it with a red pen. And just, like, oh, come on, oh, past Courtney. this part. Yeah. Anyway, same thing. Wow, that's incredible. Um, oh, to answer your question from a minute ago. Yeah. I've rewatched a couple things recently that I really enjoyed again. Both the Deadpools. Forgot okay. how funny they were. I've never seen those. Oh, they're so good. I don't know if they're your brand, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Did, but... Which did you like more? Did you like the first or Ugh, second one more? It's so hard, but it might be the second. There's just more. There's more to it. Yeah. Uh, that like sequ- the car chase sequence uh-huh. is very funny. Yeah. Very great. Yeah. And it just has so many like great characters. Domino? Is that... Yes. Yeah. So brilliantly written. Domino is a mutant. Her mutant ability, Courtney, you, you get, you, you know the gist. Yeah, got it. Her mutant ability is that she, um, she's is, just lucky. Yeah, that like <laughs> she can do like her her mutant ability is to basically know which future ahead of her is the best, sort of, and do that thing. Okay. So things just work out for her, and they they really utilize it in very like funny, clever ways right. in Deadpool too. Like something explodes and people are flying everywhere and she's also flying somewhere but then lands in like something inflated, like one of those giant inflatable <laughs> like yeah. animals and she just like floats down and like gets up and keeps going. <laughs> it's, oh my gosh. That whole sequence is so funny. So funny. With, with X-Force. Yeah. Yeah. I truly cannot imagine it being that funny. Oh. I should watch it. They, like... It, it straddles the line for me. I've told you my mileage varies a bit with Ryan Reynolds. I think sometimes it's just like, I get it, a dick joke. <laughs> right. But then some some other part, parts are genuinely very creative and very funny. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, that's fun. Um, I also rewatched The Jump Streets, both of them. Another movie I haven't seen. Oh, they are Incredible. so funny. They are. Which I do think I would like that one. They are better than they have any right to be. Right. It's it's shocking, and that they were able to make two that were like both good. Well, like the genius of it is like the first one is parodying when like you would take a TV show or, or like something from a long time ago and reboot it as a movie. Yeah, it's like making fun of all those tropes, <laughs> and then the sequel is just making fun of comedy sequels. Yeah, so like it, there's just there's such a clever layer to everything. It is they are both so great, and the end credits sequence of the second one is. Oh, genius! Um, it, they, are, they are actually so funny. I have them. We need to watch them. They're okay. they're really really funny. You should. You should. Okay. Um, and then the new thing I watched that I had never seen, which I enjoyed, was the Nice Guys. We've been talking about that. Oh, really? No, the other I, guys, right? Uh, no, both. The other guys that was oh, oh that the Nice Guys the, is Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling and yeah. Russell Crowe. And Russell Crowe, yeah. It. Shane Black directed it. Wrote it. It is one of the best movies of the last five years. <laughs> Well, well, sorry. I accept on your toes. What did you? It's fine, what, it's did, fine. what did you think? I don't know what I was expecting, but it was better than I expected. It's so funny. Um, and sometimes I think like period pieces can struggle a little bit, especially for me. Just so funny, and but like clever, and then it's also got a little bit of a mystery to it that you're trying to oh. figure out. Do you ever just feel like there are? Mo- it, it made like it was not very successful. No one really knew that it happened. And sometimes you just feel like a movie was made just for you. That's how I feel about the nice guys. It was like it's perfectly packaged of the things yeah. that I really want out of a movie. Just it's pure entertainment. Uh-huh. And it bums me out because like you could make five right. movies of yeah. like them solving different cases. Mm-hmm. It re- it's really too bad. They were a great team. It wasn't team. like a, a really successful because. And it's fun to see Ryan Gosling be funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You'd enjoy it, I think. That one you would enjoy. Okay, I'll watch it. What movie are we watching today? 
the Dark Knight Roger. That was pretty good. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Mostly Courtney, also Ryan. I wanted to know, what is your relationship with this movie? We've all seen this. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah, Courtney, what what do you do you remember anything about this movie? What do you remember? What do you what do you know about the movie? The only thing I really remember is the stadium part. And I remember uh, that Bane is like a terrorist, and I remember thinking, this is really scary shit. Hmm. I remember I was working at a summer camp, EFY. And <laughs> <laughs> I remember working in Provo and then it ending on a Saturday, and that Saturday, wanting to go see it because it had just come out. Um, so driving from Provo to St. George, and I got tired on the way because EFY just makes you so tired. Where's you out? So I remember uh, pulling over and just sleeping on the side of the road for like an hour. Oh my gosh. Which I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember then I was running late, so I just had to drive straight to the movie theater. <laughs> I remember meeting my mom and being so tired, but as soon as the movie started, just being like, okay, I'm here for this. This is amazing. And and loving it. And feeling that same sort of, I remember the Joker was creepy and scary, but Bane was on another level as far as scary for yeah, me. Yeah, that's how I felt too. This is very interesting. I don't find the joke. I didn't. I don't know how I'll feel. I didn't find the Joker as scary as Bane, as I find Bane. I will reserve my thoughts on the movie till after the movie because I don't want it to color okay. in either direction like your experience today. Okay. Well, how, how familiar are you with the movie, though? I've seen it a few times. Okay. I, I would say I'm I'm very familiar with this movie. Not The Dark Knight, definitely the most. Right. But um, this was like, I was so, so excited for this movie. And I was really trying to temper my expectations because I was like, it just won't be The Dark Knight. Like, yeah. It can't be. No. So like I was really, that was one of those earliest times that I was really trying to like go into the movie theater being like, all right, you got to just judge this for itself and not like compare it to anything because that could really just ruin something. I remember going into 2012 being like, we got the Avengers. We got the Dark Knight Rises. We have the Hobbit. Oh, yeah. Because there was a point where I was excited for that. <laughs> and then you learned. And, oh, I could write a book. <laughs> Honestly. Anyway. As you remember, The Dark Knight is a massive, massive success, right? Yeah. Warner Brothers are like, we want a third movie yesterday. Like, let's let's fast track this third movie. And Nolan was kind of hesitant to like come back. I honestly think it's because of Heath Ledger's death. Yeah. And I think in his mind, I don't know. I'm sure he was intending to have the Joker for a third Batman movie. In fact, I think Heath Ledger's family has opened up that he was like, yeah, we're like, I think we have some plans for like wanting to like, me to come back. Mm-hmm. He kind of didn't really commit until he was like pretty far into uh, Inception. And then he was like, all right, I think I cracked a story that I'm like excited about. I'll come back for a third Batman. So this came out four years later. So it's been a bit of time. Yeah. And I remember all these rumors flying around. Uh, Warner Brothers really wanted, they were really like lobbying Nolan to have Riddler be the villain Mm. and cast Leo DiCaprio as the Riddler. Oh, Oh, interesting. That would have been a different movie. It would have been. That is confirmed, that rumor. It's like, that's what they really wanted. But I remember hearing all crazy stuff like, this was like the the era of Shia LaBeouf being a thing. Mm. And they were like, he's going to be Robin. Like, they were like, these like (laughs) crazy rumors flying around. Ah! And like, I remember like Philip Seymour Hoffman, I think is going to be the penguin. So he committed to it. I'm going to make this movie. I remember not being excited about the title because I feel like it's a little, little lazy again. Yeah. Do you guys share that at all? I know you guys really, you were on board with Batman Begins, which I think is a lame sounding title. (laughs) 
I, I hear your argument, but I think I just, I don't know. I don't have a better one. I guess that's fair. Um, is Bane a Batman villain? Yes. Uh, a pretty, well, he's like a prominent Batman villain, but he's definitely a product of his era, which was, we all grew up in the 90s, so we remember how everything was extreme and like yeah. super soakers. Yeah. Weirdly do that a lot. <laughs> we do. We do like extreme skateboards, <laughs> Cheetos. Airheads extreme. <laughs> like that was a, such a thing wow. in the 90s. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever watch the Spider-Man movies for this, but like. There was a thing like the director of the Spider-Man movie, Sam Raimi, did not want to use Venom because he is a different era of Spider-Man villains. He wanted to use like classic villains from the 60s that were campier. And Venom, like, what is more extreme than an evil Spider-Man who's buff? Like, that's what Venom was. And that's kind of what Bane is. Even though I guess he's technically from like the 80s. But like, he got really popular in the 80s and 90s because he's like this buff guy and he's huge and like Venom like he, he uses the thing, the stuff that he uses to get big in the comics is called Venom. Oh, but like and he's, he's also definitely. Venom. I'm kind of surprised a bit that he ended up like Nolan. Oh my gosh! Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Stop just... me in my tracks. Yeah, me too. How much do you both think about it for a sec? That is so weird. Oh, that is really weird. Every time you said Venom, that's what I kept thinking of. Me, I kept thinking of like Venom, the character, but I didn't even put that together. I did not. Him. Wow, that is really weird. So I, I was really surprised that he actually ended up going with Bane as a villain. Because I thought he really would go with someone maybe more, like... I thought Riddler was the natural choice. Especially for, like, the very uh, realistic world he's kind of built. Like, right. Riddler's more of, like, a... Honestly, like a more normal villain. Like, there's nothing really, like... You can't really do, like, Poison Ivy. Or right. Mr. Freeze yeah. in, like, a Nolan world. It would be, like, kind of a bit... I don't think he just would want to, like, explore those characters. I know that he wanted Bane because he wanted someone that was both physically and mentally a challenge to Batman. Oh, uh, just a fun fact. I was Please. the Riddler for Halloween once. <laughs> what <clears throat> What age? Very young. I had to be like six or seven. You, why, you picked the Riddler? Or eight, yeah. Why? I don't know. Like, just wait, imagining wait. tiny baby Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Is, yeah. this like, is this like cartoon version Riddler or is this Jim Carrey's Riddler? I remember wearing green sweats. And like question marks. <laughs> Do you have a photo of this? I I'd, ha- I'd have to ask my mom. I don't have a current. One. I don't have one now. <laughs> I'd kind of forgotten that till you were talking about the that Riddler. So <laughs> oh, that is incredible. Well, uh, another little thing. A lot of people like to think that Nolan did his version. I think I told you this. His version of the Riddler was Coleman Reese from The Dark Knight, that accountant that the Joker oh, tries yeah. to kill. Oh yeah, because uh. his name is. Mr. Reese. Yeah. And that's kind of... Mr. Reese. Yeah. Well, the Riddler's name is Edward Nigma. Oh. E. Nigma. Enigma. Yeah. So it's... The ridiculousness is already like baked in. All right. But anyway, like the marketing was really teasing like this is the end of the Nolan trilogy. Yeah. That like we're not doing any more. This is it. This is how it's going to end, which just made me all kinds Spin. of speculation of like what's <laughs> going to happen. I at one point thought I'd like spoiled the end of the movie by reading a review. Huh. I didn't, oh but like, I remember being like, oh, shit, shit, shit. And like, hurrying, Xing out of it and being like, oh, no. Like, the week that it came out. Oh, my gosh. I was very upset. A stressed young man. Oh, uh, Courtney, I also, I forgot to ask you this last week, and I think like this is an important question. Were you bothered by Two Face? No, it's so like, my problem oh. is so much more like if it looks real, like okay. a tree, <laughs> for instance. <laughs> but like, if I can tell it's not real, it's okay. I like, was wondering, because like, there's like a bit chipped off 
you see like the bone more on his chin. I just wonder yeah. like all the moving pieces because we watched as we do every President's Day. We watched the Mummy the movies. Mummy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I. I think you were really bothered by the mummy, weren't you? Yeah, that one was a little gross. And so I was just, I was but just curious if it was like it wasn't a... the mummy wasn't too bad. Okay, because it's like so it's stylized, so digital. Okay, like it's if it looks like li- like lived in, if that makes sense. I was very curious if you were going to spend the last third of the movie just being like Ugh, the whole time. No, it, it was okay. It doesn't bother me. Okay. All right, some key things to know going into this movie. Just a little fr- refresh for you, Courtney. Okay quite a bit of a time jump about mm-hmm. eight years okay so if you imagine batman begins in the dark knight was basically like a year year and a half this is eight years after all of that dark knight ended if you remember batman taking the fall for mm-hmm. harvey dent and his murders yeah and so he is branded a criminal and has been not been seen for eight years jim gordon was like participant in the big cover-up alfred lied to bruce about remember how he was like Rachel was going to wait for me. And he like burned that letter. Mm-hmm. He had to. Yeah. That, like a lot of the ending of that movie was lying for the sake of saving people. Yeah. I think the same way that like the last scene of Batman begins, which is like teasing how things will escalate and make things worse, like fed into the dark night, the lies that they did in order to like preserve peace. How will that kind of affect that? Like that will also bleed into this movie, like thematically. Okay. The year is 2012. Oh, I've been waiting for this. I know you too. Barack Obama is president. I don't know why I I paused. The top song of the year was, would you like to guess? Call Me Maybe. Okay, my guess is um, Kesha's... um... Blow. Die Young. Die Young. Uh, The Rise Have It. That means rain. That's me, rain. Got it. Was you it? are incredible, sir. It Don't was, you remember? Call I Me do. Maybe, it, yeah. it was on there for like t- 10 weeks. It was crazy. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking that was 2011. Oh, no. But it's 2012. I remember yeah. being at EFY and it just being huge. Every, oh, okay. Every, it was everywhere yeah. that summer. And like, there's all those videos of like firemen like dancing to it. And like, that was like one of the first like viral like trends. challenges. Yeah. yeah. I remember a waitress at Pizza Pie Cafe gave her number <laughs> to my roommate saying, Call me maybe. And it was before I really knew what that song was because I don't keep up on that half of culture. <laughs> and being like, What the hell's this? Did and I was just kind it? of annoyed because I was like, No one gave me their number. <laughs> did he call her? I don't think he did. Aww. It's okay. He's married now with like three kids. I remember watching Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez. Do you remember that video where they're singing Call Me Maybe? With Ashley Tisdale? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a what a ride. Yeah. Alright, some other 2012 things for you. Please. The Avengers. Okay. The Walking Dead. Oh! Yeah. Hell yeah. I used to have Walking Dead parties. Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw that. That's average. Mitt Romney. Gangnam Style. <laughs> Honey Boo Boo. Uh, and uh, The Rapture that didn't happen. Oh, yeah. The Rapture. The end of the 2012 world. 2012 was the end of the world. Oh, that was supposed to be on my birthday. Really? Yeah. Also, never forget Coney 2012. Oh. <laughs> In my defense, hadn't happened yet. <laughs> oh, okay. But do you remember that map that we watched that, like, showed oh. that all of... We, we watched a video that had all of, like, the number one searches out of every month across the country. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it was weird that Coney didn't, didn't show up? Was that just in our own world? Like, like what? I remember it being everywhere on social media. Oh, man. I knew, 2012. We made a girl really angry at us because she just came over to our house and she was talking about how she donated like 100 bucks. <gasps> and we were laughing. We're like, you didn't even look into this thing? You just gave him money? And oh, my she, gosh. I actually feel kind of bad because I think she was just trying to like do be a nice person. But also, 
Like, do your research, man. Yeah. What was that? Was it just like, uh... All I know is he kind of hit like a mental breakdown, didn't he? And ran around naked. Yeah. That's with a lightsaber? Or am I thinking of the guy... Tracy Jordan from 30 Rock? <laughs> the... I am a Jedi! I am a Jedi! Guy who like put it together? Yeah. So nothing ever came of that? I don't think so. Uh, what was the goal? I don't... There's we were just, so many we questions. We were going to get Coney. We were going to get him. He was like a warlord or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's been doing like very, very bad things. And it was like, we're going to get him. Sometimes it gets confused in my mind with Cecil the Lion for some reason. Was that also 2012? Cecil the Lion. No, I think that was later. Okay. Sorry. All right. Who's ready for the movie? Me. Hell yeah. Here we go. For dinner, Ryan brought chip cookies. Yep. We got our Jimmy Johnson downstairs. Forgot to put them in the fridge. I hope that's okay. That should be. All right. Yeah. Who are are our sponsors for the day? Sponsored by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's and Freaky Fast. Freaky Fast delivery or pickup. Costco popcorn, maybe. (laughs) Also, Mountain Dew, taste the rainbow. Uh, what's the other? Chip cookies. No, no, no. Crumble cookies. Oh shit! Crumble cookies. I also don't like. Thick cookies. I I want like like chocolate chip cookies. I want like a thin. I've been. My sister in law told me how to. I can tell you guys this. (laughs) (laughs) This Turns into a cooking podcast. (laughs) My sister in law. My sister in law. She gave me her recipe. She uses mini chocolate chip cookies. Mm. I mean, sorry, mini chocolate chips to put in her cookies, and then she sprinkles a little bit of salt on top. Interesting. They are the best cookies in the world. Anyway, let's go. All right, we're back. <sighs> we are. Back, 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 back again. Back, back, bat, bat, Batman. We're bat. up to bat, man. <laughs> <laughs> what did we think about it? It's kind of late. We're a little loopy. <laughs> It's it's longer than I remember, maybe. It's Holy pushing shit. it's pushing three hours. It's great. Didn't feel like three hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, all right. Uh, what it, like hit us hit us with what you thought about it. Well, Jason. Okay. <laughs> Full. I think it might be my favorite one. Gasp. Is it because there's two women in it instead of one? Well, like, is this recency bias? <laughs> Can you just watch this? No, I really think it was the best one interesting yeah what did you think about it okay i've totally forgot jgl's in it the things i loved about it yeah i love the beginning okay and the middle of me just kidding uh, <laughs> i walked into I, it honestly <laughs> just it's my fault cruised on in i love um catwoman in it okay interesting i don't love anne hathaway as catwoman but i love her i love catwoman in this okay but i don't hate anne hathaway Okay. Can I tell you... Am I making oh. any sense? <laughs> Can I tell you that, like, at the time, no, I was not in a pro or anti-Hathaway camp mm-hmm. when this was, like, being marketed and trailers were coming out. I can't tell you how many people, when we'd watch the trailer or, at, like, work or something, they'd be like, ugh, I hate and Hathaway. Okay, I, w- I would like to be clear. That's not how I feel. Well, I have I have a theory that, like, it's especially prevalent and Hathaway hate. I feel like it's different now. I feel like... But, like, okay... The Anne Hathaway hate circa 2012 in Utah was all people who were like, she was so like this really pure girl in the other side of heaven. Oh. And now she's like, I don't know, doing like adult stuff. (laughs) 
And I don't know how I feel about that. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, you're not I don't wrong. Think you're wrong. And I do feel like even outside of Utah, there isn't a specially strong camp of people that just dislike well, Anne Hathaway. I think it's I'm kind of in that a little bit. I get it. Here's what I have to say about Anne Hathaway. I don't I don't dislike her. She does have some little quirks that are like I don't know if they're like I don't know if I would say like overacting, but sometimes she she like pulls one way and I'm like, why'd you have to do it like that? It's almost like you can see the seams in her acting, yes. right? It's yes. like you're acting right now. Yeah. So I don't, I do not dislike her and I didn't even dislike her in this movie. I just, every once in a while, I just was like, ugh. And you know? I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I do. There's almost this adorkable quality to her. Yeah. It's like. In a little bit, if like Zoe Deschanel was trying to play Catwoman, that's the vibe I get at some point. Well, it's almost like there were certain lines that were like kind of cheesy and like quippy that she can't really say in a way that's not like, oh. She says lines in a way that make you think like, oh, that's a bad line. Yeah. But some actors are able to like pull off bad, like sell bad lines essentially. Yeah, I almost felt like she was being too sexy when she didn't need to be because she was already sexy, but she was like... Like, she's supposed to be mm-hmm. sexy, but she's, like, she just, like, crosses the line a few too many times. And you're, like, if you just would have, like, not, it would have been fine. Yeah. Say that line a bit straighter, I guess. Like, a yeah. l- little less. Yeah. I know, I I know what you know. mean. No. Does it? Uh-huh. That's, like, what she does. <laughs> okay, I've got your tongue. Those heels make it tough to walk? I don't know. Do they? And it's like, oh, you just like, you walk in the room and you are sexy because you're Anne Hathaway and you're, cat, you're dressed as Catwoman. You don't need to like. The one part that I always think is really good, she ha- she's like making the deal with the fingerprints and she beats up all the people and then the SWAT team storms in and she immediately like starts just like yeah. wailing. I agree. So yeah. they think she's just like a, oh my gosh, just stay there lady as mm-hmm. they run past her. I also, I like when she is dancing with Bruce Wayne at the party. She takes the car. That's fun. That, that actually, that whole sequence of him at the dinner or whatever party that is, I actually love that entire sequence. Oh, you don't seem happy to see me. You were supposed to be a shut-in. I felt like some fresh air. It's a brazen costume for a cat burglar. Yeah? Who are you pretending to be? Bruce Wayne. Eccentric billionaire. So you were locked in through the entirety of the movie. There was a part in the middle where he goes to jail where I was like, uh. (laughs) Really? Yeah. He gets gets in the the pit prison. Yeah. Ryan, what are your thoughts on the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I think it, it starts out strong and it really ends strong it does get a little lost in the middle for me and it's not my favorite and it might not even be my second favorite, but I think that's where I stand. I really want to really like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. I've written down my feelings about this movie. Cause okay. I have spent a lot of time thinking about this. You? Movie. Okay. You, you thought about a movie. What? Okay. <laughs> I don't like this bit. We're doing. <laughs> It's just, I think it's perfectly fine, and it's a good ending to the trilogy, mm-hmm. but it, I think the first two are much better. I don't want to make, I don't want to put you down, though, for loving I'm, this no, movie No, no, so no, I'm, okay. I'm, I can stand on my own. This All can right. be my own favorite. I feel like the movie has a lot of interesting things to say thematically, but, and I think 
a good comparison is Avengers Age of Ultron, mm. where there's a lot of good ideas buried under like conf- like confusion and kind of a mess of a movie a little bit. It's trying to say a lot of things, but none of them particularly like very well. There's a lot of things that go in different directions, and you're not really sure what's important for a large chunk. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would say like 70% in the middle is really, for instance, I'm like, you're always just kind of confused at what exactly John Blake is doing with like the construction company with Daggett. And like the payoff isn't very... There are a lot of kind of weird, almost red herrings. Yeah. In a way that's confusing where you're like, I don't really know even how this like relates or the significance to the plot. Mm-hmm. Right. And I really think that Nolan was very interested in the themes he was trying to convey in the movie. Uh, and kind of sacrificed like logic and, and execution because he really enjoyed the themes he was playing with. Because there's a lot of things that make no sense in this movie in a way that really stumbles me up. He he asks you to suspend belief a little harder than he does and previously. I, I also don't like that. Like I feel like the Dark Knight was a really interesting step forward in, in terms of like realism from Batman Begins. And I feel like this goes back to that where it's like kind of goofy again. Like, the plot is a ticking time bomb yeah. in the city. And there's, like, a lot of go- much goofier elements in this than Dark Knight, which I didn't, re- I just didn't think that was going to happen. It, it feels more like a sequel to Batman Begins than The Dark Knight. I think it's Nolan's worst movie, which... <laughs> I'm just about, I just am ashamed. Look, that's better than a lot of movies. Like, if I could make a movie as good as Christopher Nolan's worst movie, like, I, you know what I mean? But I think it's really clumsy... And very sweaty, if that makes sense. It's not very tight. I, I don't understand like how he wasn't able to like tighten up some like story conventions. Like, like for instance, he you clearly want some kind of payoff to the Jim Gordon lie from the Dark Knight. Right. And the way that that's done is he writes out an entire speech detailing what happens, puts it in his jacket pocket. That speech is then taken from Bane and read. And that's how, like, that information is, like, given from Gordon to Bane. Why would you write... You know what I mean? It's, there's a lot of things that make no sense. Are you saying it's weird how he got... How Bane got that? All of it. It's, like... Yeah. The fact that he would... You'd have the character write it down. I was thinking when he was reading it, I was, like, how... How is anyone... Maybe this is, like, the world we live in, but I was, like, how is anyone supposed to believe Just believe that, that, that he said that, that? Yeah, that's Gordon Gordon saying that. Exactly. You'd be, yeah, like, yeah. no, that's... Be, why would I trust you? And, like, there's a lot of, like, why would you... This is... I mean, this is, like, if you've watched any kind of, like, review or, like, critical, like, breakdown of this movie, this is... None of this is new, but it's, like, why would you send the whole police force into the sewer? The whole thing with the (laughs) cave. Like, I get that it's all thematic and, like, the symbolism behind it, but it's, like, how did he get back to Gotham? Can you heal a back by punching it? What (laughs) is... I don't even really understand what the deal is with the rope. What is, like... He's trying anyway. Like, there's what a lot is of, the rope attached to? Why aren't the rest of them using it to pull themselves up? And like, it's yeah. supposed to symbolize like you need to like retain your fear of death to get out. Uh, there's like a lot of just kind of muddied things, but I feel like there are honestly that last like 20 minutes of the movie really pulls it together in a way that like saves the movie. You from kind of forget. Wreck. Yeah, you kind of forget. You're like, oh, whoa, whoa. Because the last like the last 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, I think are very like affecting like I feel very I'm like I'm very moved by it and it feels like okay this was like a satisfying enough conclusion because this was I don't think ever going to be as good just because you don't have the Joker right and mm-hmm. I th- I thought it was fine and the irony is if this probably came after Batman Begins it would we'd probably be, I'd probably be like that was great though like what right. a, what a perfect continuation of that but but we got the Joker in between nice to see Crane again though Cillian Murphy 
Oh yeah, did you like that? Yeah, he looks doing, his doing the, the kangaroo court. Yeah, he yeah. looks his best right there. He does. <laughs> He's like, like kind of crazy, but like in a good crazy. way. <laughs> what do you want well, to I just want to defend oh, yeah, yeah. myself really quickly. Yeah, no, yeah. I love the drama in this one. As you were talking, I realized that's what it was. Okay. Because I also feel similarly about I, Age of Ultron was not my favorite, but. I did really like Age of Ultron. That's the first one that kind of pulled me in, remember? Yeah. Like, they're all in, like, these very dramatic situations. Like, Bane is just, like, Were he's, like, still... so eccentric. Were you still scared by him? Yes. Ter- I think it's, I think he is terrifying because of how, like, you know, like, okay, I've yeah. seen in my life people, like, like hearing stories about people like that. Okay. Who are just, like, nuts. Um, I, I do think you can really feel it when he confronts Daggett. And he sets his hand on Daggett's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like, that is chilling. No, you stay here. I'm in charge. Do you feel in charge? What are you? I'm Gotham's reckoning. Here to end the borrowed time you've all been living on. I think Tom Hardy does a really good job with something that could be very hard. Because, like, you don't see his face in any way it's just his eyes mm-hmm. and his movement so he has to like uh, he does a lot with his physicality and yeah and he's like kind of like i don't know not twitchy really because the joker was twitchy yeah but there is like even when he's walking around the stock exchange right yeah there's one part where he just like his neck kind of just twitches as he's walking and you're like oh he's like a like this beast mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i also that i feel like that part in the stadium that's probably why i remembered it is very effective because you think about stuff like that when you walk into a stadium, right? Oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. think about that all, like, different situations. You're in an airport, like, surrounded by a bunch of people. You're like, anything could happen. Anyway, when he's got that big, huge coat on that makes him look even bigger than he is, the kid's singing, you know, and he walks <laughs> yeah, around yeah. the corner. That's when I just was like, oh. It's, like, so scary. Of a lovely, lovely voice. <laughs> yeah. Something I do love, though, is, like, the three very distinct, like, themes the music that you hear so when it's bane it's like the scary kind of chant yeah and then batman his theme and then catwoman's like the piano that's it's like, like slinky kind of yeah and like jazzy Crafty. almost yeah. Oh, yeah 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 i can never remember how to say her last name but i really like her marion cock Cotillard. Cotillard. Yeah. I immediately remembered that she was the bad guy. Did you really? Yes. Oh, no. I wondered. Okay, I will say, though, when I first saw that, that here's the thing. So she's Talia Al Ghul. She's a character from the comics, and she does have, like, a relationship with Bruce Wayne. Okay. Um, And so when they cast her, a lot of people were like, I bet she's playing Talia Al Ghul. And they're like, no, no, no. She's a new character (laughs) named Miranda Tate. So... When that reveal happens in the movie, it was a little like, okay, we kind of saw that. But I will say the thing that genuinely got me was that the little kid in the flashback was her and not Bane. Oh. See, I knew that. A tiny Joey King. Yeah, baby <laughs> well, see, Joey King. Well, I didn't know in 2012. Well, I yeah, nobody yeah. knew who so she I was. So I really, I thought that was actually like, yeah. yeah she. That's bad. what That's what gave it. I was like, oh yeah, it's a girl I remember now. But I, I will say that was a twist. I did not, because I, I didn't know the comics. That was a. <gasps> does, it, does it seem a bit, like, if you know that he has a daughter and that she has a relationship with Bruce in the comics, that might not seem as like melodramatic, but. I wonder if it would have to be like the daughter. You know what I mean? Like it feels kind of like a soap opera. Yeah. Like I, w- I wonder if it like felt that way if you didn't already know that like, oh yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm prepared to like, no, I know that Ross Ghoul has like family that is also tied to Bruce Wayne. Does Bane have any sort of tie to her or was that completely new? Um, there, there is a comic book called Legacy where Bane kind of does take over like 
Ross al Ghul and his group and like kind of take over what his plan is. But that's other than other than that, it's basically manufactured for this okay. story alone. Did you remember that anything about Bruce Wayne living or surviving or dying? No. So when he when the bomb detonates, did you think that he had died? Yeah, I okay. didn't remember. I I was like, I don't, I don't know if he comes back. I don't know. Well, we can talk about that too in a little bit. Okay, go ahead. Go okay, ahead. Okay. Give us uh, some details. All right. This movie mainly borrows from a couple key storylines. One is called No Man's Land, where criminals take over Gotham and kind of like set it up like that, where the criminals are complete control and the outside world can't come in. That's kind of where they got that element. There's a really popular uh, storyline in the 90s called Nightfall. Bane unleashes like all of Batman's rogues gallery and he fights them all and he's like really like weak and like tired. And then Bane beats him up and breaks his back. So leading up to this movie, people were like, I wonder if they're going to like, he's going to break Batman's back in the movie. And so that part where he fights him and lifts him up and that is actually like, that's how he does it. He breaks him over his, his, the back of his knee. Ah, yes. I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit. Oh, your buddy! I actually kind of that whole fight. I will say it's pretty good. There's no music. It just feels very. It feels very gritty and like feels very like brutal. Mm-hmm. And there's like something like kind of disturbing about just people standing around watching. Yeah, him just being like just pulverized by this big guy. And Bane just feels so indestructible. Yeah, that that I like. I think that sequence is actually really well done. Um, the other comic book they uh, draw from is called The Dark Knight Returns from the 1980s. Oh, oh, oh. Which I happen uh, to have a copy of right here. Uh, um, have you have you seen Batman v Superman, Ryan? Yeah. So this it also takes from this too where in this it's an older Batman who returns. He An older Bruce Wayne becomes Batman again to kind of stop a new wave of crime. Batman v Superman steals the Batman versus Superman fight from this, where he like has like that big suit and they like it's very similar. Yeah. Where the Dark Knight Rises takes is the idea of like a very an old Bruce Wayne kind of having to go back into action one last time. Jason's uh, rifling through the pages. <laughs> Did you guys ever have to like read books and record yourselves when you were little and you put it in like a bag and it was like a service project? What? Huh? We used to have to like my parents would like record read themselves reading books and then you put it in like a big ziploc bag and then you send them off to like shelters huh. that's what that just reminded me of i don't know what it's like it's like a very calm voice reading a book good night moon yeah you had to do that no i've never heard of that well, I, don't, I don't think i did it but like my my parents did it um something that i did think about when the when bane takes over is I do remember low-key thinking about that at the start of COVID. Oh this God. is where we could oh, like head. The, like the quarantine? <laughs> yeah. There's this, this sequence was actually lifted from it where there's a big car chase and Batman shows up for the first time in oh, a long time. Oh, that part. Well, look at this. There's an older cop and a rookie cop. Oh. And he said, we're in for a show, kid. <laughs> so actually that part, I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of a fun nod to that comic. It is. You can't compete. Boy, you are in for a show tonight, son. I will say, I, I think that some of that sequence is a little underwhelming, but the part when all, like, the huge shot overhead of just this bloated police force yeah. all after him. Yeah. 
How did how did you like some of the it made me the moves feel... they were able to do with that bat pod? Oh, I he's heard like that until now. driving right at it all is... the cops and then just, and just that like... dumb bike is amazing. <laughs> cool. Every time he's on it and his cape is flash like flapping, it, that's awesome, and then he huh? turns and his cape <laughs> goes over his shoulder. It is so cool. It's so cool. And then that's like the first time you see Batman. I do. The, this is some of the parts where I like Nolan's world where I feel like people act in a realistic way where like if that happened, people would be like, oh my gosh, he's bad. Yeah. And I like that they're like, we got to get this guy because he killed Harvey Dent. He's getting away. Who do you want to catch on? Some robber or the son of a bitch who killed Harvey Dent? What did you think about the, like the bat, the plane that he flies? Oh, it was, it was cool. Hmm. Oh. More like a helicopter, really. A little, little underwhelming. Yeah, there's a, there's usually a variation of some kind of like bat wing, bat pod, or like bat plane. Mm. Do you remember in Batman '89 when it's like it's usually in the shape oh, of a bat? Oh yeah. It's yeah. like a fighter jet almost oh, yeah. in 1989. Yeah. It's like a disc. When I was a kid when he goes up above the clouds right in front of the moon. <laughs> yeah. I was always like, oh, that's the bat signal. I was like, that's he's doing that for us. Yeah. It's, the audience it's for the audience. For Oh, the story was also heavily influenced by A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens, oh. which I've never read, but I know, like... I have seen The Wishbone. <laughs> huh, so none of us really know exactly how it was like. Well, right, right. Oh, yeah, that's true. It has, like, revolutionaries, someone to, like, sacrifice himself for the city. I think so. The the eulogy that Jim Gordon reads at Bruce Wayne's funeral is an excerpt from A Tale of Two Cities. Oh, okay. It is a far, far better thing that I do than I have ever done. It is a far, far better rest that I go to. What really, what really grounds it at the end is Michael Caine crying. That, no matter how I feel about the movie, sometimes I watch it. And I'm like, oh, this is all right. Like, so you know what I mean. <laughs> Whenever I get to that scene, that really, that is so sad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I teared up. I'm so sorry. I failed you. You trusted me. For all my gripes with the movie, like and not like connecting in certain ways, I still think like what I loved about the first two carries over to this one, which is Bruce Wayne's relationship with Jim Gordon and Alfred. Like that that emotional extenders that they track through the movie and they just continue just to always deliver for me. And like I love that so they use the same track like ending score in the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Returns as Jim Gordon's in the end of Dark Knight, where he's like, "Oh, he's going to be, you know, he's like our the hero, you know, right. as he's driving away, and then it hits like the, you know, that whole thing." Yeah. They hit that beat in this movie when Alfred looks up and yeah. like looks at him, like, and it works so much like that him because you just a little bit like Steve Rogers, where you kind of just want like them to have a happy ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> even in the middle where they're mad at each other, it's like very emotional. I know what this means. What does it mean? It means your hatred. And it also means losing someone that I have cared for since I first heard his cries echo through this house. But it might also mean saving your life. And that 
is more important. Goodbye, Alfred. I, because I do think in some ways Alfred and Jim Gordon are done a little dirty in this movie. They're kind of like shuttered off to the side for portions Especially of the movie. Alfred, yeah. Yeah, he leaves for like almost the entirety but of the movie. But Jim Gordon is fighting his hardest. He's on that he rock. The whole time. I did realize I don't know what he's saying a lot of the time. <laughs> uh, that might be the that might be the mix. It's not a great mix, I've noticed, as I'm on volume duty. I don't know mm. if you realize. Oh. Um so when they, they showed the first sequence in theaters, much like they did the the Dark Knight, yeah, um, a couple months prior, and I think it was in front of like Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, and there's a lot of complaints. Like people were like, "I can't understand what Bane is saying." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if you've noticed, they have turned his oh, voice up so loud, which honestly just adds to the fear. Honestly, it's oh really? Creepy. Well, it was a nightmare for me trying to like yeah. balance the noise. Well, he's like on an open plane, but you can hear him crystal clear. I know <laughs> they did it. It's way too much. So anyway. Um, yeah, I get it though, because like you, you ha- he's talking so weird that he has to be loud. I know, otherwise you wouldn't hear like know what he was saying. It is Tom Hardy's voice. Right? It is, yeah. I think it was. A, I think it was smart for him to do something so bizarre. Yeah, because one, I like I like the contrast, obviously, of like this old like regal voice with that huge body. Yeah, but if it was just like a growly, tough guy voice, it would have been very. It just would have been really boring. And then, yeah, yeah. Man, that voice was everywhere for another like a, a good uh, year. I was just after. gonna say that. I just remember people doing it. Time. Myself doing it. Time to go mobile. <laughs> so I think that's the funniest one. Lovely, lovely voice. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> You're like my favorites. This is Sparta. <laughs> like again. <laughs> how Bruce Wayne? What'd you think of Christian Bell? How did how did our boy do? He was great. He was fantastic. I like that they focused the story. It's a lot more of his story. Like the the Dark Knight is definitely the Joker's story, and everyone's yeah. reacting to him. But this one like focuses more on him. I do wish Batman did a few more cool things. Yeah. There's not actually a lot of Batman in the movie, but that's true. You didn't like the uh, like subplot with the prison. It was fine. It was just like that's just kind of where it lost you a little bit. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it, it's a it's a Bruce Wayne story, not a Batman story. He got the shit kicked out of him. He does. <laughs> that's something I have never seen in a Batman movie before. Like he and the Joker like m- like mess around, but like it's like tussled. Yeah, they just like Rassle. play fight. Yeah. but Bane kicks the shit out of him, <laughs> and then he bashes his head in. And then he was like, bam! And then he was like, bam, bam, bam! (laughs) And Catwoman's just watching. I do love when she says, I keep letting you down. (laughs) JGL. Yeah, okay. Wow, I audibly gasped when he was on screen. You did, yeah. I loved him. It's hard not to like JGL. I will say the way he figured out Batman's identity is... I don't really understand how he did it. I guess because they were both orphans, and he saw it in his eyes, and he's yeah. like, "I know that. I know that angry okay. look in your eye. You're I know a Batman." That fake smile. Yeah. Did it kind of feel like Inception too? Oh yeah. I remember one of my friends uh, writing on Facebook after this movie came out that he's like, "This movie was good, but there was a Joker-sized hole in this movie that half the cast of Inception couldn't fill." Oh. Ouch. I was like, "That's well." No one likes. He uses a lot of the same people. He likes clearly to like work with a yeah. lot of people in his movies. Yeah. 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 Like I said, I really like Gordon's relationship with Bruce. They don't have that many scenes together. I feel like there's three key moments with them. Is there something very like sweet about Bruce visiting him in 
the hospital. With the mask? Yeah, with like that like balaclava <laughs> over his face. We've written this together. Then you were gone. The Batman wasn't needed anymore. We won. I stand alive. The Batman has to come back. What if he doesn't exist anymore? He must. There's just like something about the relationship that like feels very like personal. That's never I feel like hasn't really been shown like as well in other like Batman stories and other mediums. Uh, mm-hmm. No, not at all. And then when Bane is re- when Bane's revealing his lie on television, and John Blake's like, "Those men locked up for eight years in Blackgate and denied parole under the Dent Act based on a lie." Gotham needs a hero. He needs it now more than ever. You betrayed everything you stood for. That's the point. Far out there, when the structures fail you, when the rules aren't weapons anymore, they're shackles, letting the bad guy get ahead. One day, you may face such a moment of crisis, and in that moment, I hope you have a friend like I did. To plunge their hands into the filth, so that you can keep yours clean. Gary Oldman is just so good. He just like, he can just spit those lines so well. Man, this guy just was like alone. And then he had this one friend who like understood and helped him out and was gone. And now he just kind of feels lost. Yeah. If that Michael Caine part doesn't get me at the end, the other part that really gets me is when uh, like Batman's getting ready to go in the bat plane to like take the bomb out. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I never cared who you were. And you were right. Shouldn't the people know the hero who saved them? A hero can be anyone. Even a man doing something as simple and reassuring as putting a coat around a young boy's shoulders to let him know the world hadn't ended. I like that mythology, too, that Jim Gordon's kindness to Bruce as a child is something that helped shape, like, Bruce's own morality. (laughs) Those are the emotional core of the whole series. And without that, I just kind of, I feel like they would just be kind of exciting movies. Just kind of action But you wouldn't feel like, you just wouldn't feel invested. And I feel like they really pulled that off. Can I tell you another part that's like not very significant, but it's still, I felt like emotionally connected to Mm -hmm. it, is the part where, what's the police officer's name who like hides? Peter Foley? Yeah. Or Papa from Stranger Things? (laughs) Oh shit. That's where he's Whoa. I could not figure that out. I knew I would blow your guys' oh mind. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Matthew Modine. Because he always yep. looks a little bit sinister. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably because of that. When he, when Jim Gordon <laughs> goes to his house and he's like, I'm not asking you to walk down Grand in your dress moves, but something has to be done. Yeah. And then he's like pushing past people. To the front of the line. In his dress blues. Yeah. That part's really effective. <laughs> that gotcha, huh? Yeah, it was like really good. It's just like a good little like sprinkling. Like it's not like super important, but it's, you hate that guy up until that point. He's uh, just yeah. kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you another little moment that I really, I oh, I just really like lock in and really like. Mm-hmm. I like the whole sequence when Bruce goes to that party mm-hmm. from like start to finish. And he's mm-hmm. like, I really like his conversation with Selena Kyle. Yeah. But the part I really like, it reminds me a little bit of the dinner that he has in The Dark Knight with Harvey Dent, where Harvey's like, you die a hero, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Bell, it's almost like he like tilts his head and like, <laughs> like considers him differently. Yeah. There's something similar in this movie where he's talking to Miranda Tate. You have to invest if you want to restore balance to the world. Take our clean energy project. 
Sometimes the investment doesn't pay off. I'm sorry. You have a practiced apathy, Mr. Wayne. But a man who doesn't care about the world doesn't spend half his fortune on a plan to save it. And isn't so wounded when it fails that he goes into hiding. And you can tell just, I don't know, he's a, it's a really good scene, or I think it's a really good, simple, subtle acting where he just kind of tilts his head like she doesn't realize how much that just affected him and she just walks away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really good. I don't know. Yeah. He's charming in this one too. Yeah. And it's a different kind of charming. He doesn't, ha- he, well, he doesn't really put on the asshole face like he does in the other no, ones. not at all. And him, he, I think he and uh, Anne Hathaway have really good charisma in that scene where they're dancing around. Yeah, yeah. That's I like, agree. Yeah, I really like that. You also like the part part where she steals his um, his car. My wife. <laughs> I just think it's funny I, how he that, says that. Wife. Was, was that like when we very first got married? He told me about that. Yeah. Every time people would say something about like, oh, oh, your wife to be, I'd be like, my wife. Because <laughs> there's something about him reading the line reading is so good. And obviously Morgan Freeman just like kills him, whatever. Like yeah, he's that so whole good. part where he's like. Anything else? Nope. What? These conversations used to end with an unusual request. I retired. Well, let me show you some stuff anyway. Just for old times' sake. Oh, that part where um, Miranda Tate walks into the trailer, that part's really cool. Oh, when they go down and yeah. The, yeah. Man, I can't, I'm surprised that all this stuff really landed for you. I've seen it plenty of times, so I know where everything's going and how it connects, but I feel like the first time I watched it, I was just like, there's a lot of threads. I'm not sure, like, But it, that's what? what I mean. It's the drama that's, like, so exciting. I'm like, oh, wow. what are we going to do now? <laughs> the Joker's not in it or no, mentioned. Not at all. That was, like, a big part of this was uh, Christopher Nolan was like, I'm not going to use, like, uh, alternate scenes from the Dark Knight. I'm not going to do anything CGI to recreate him or like any mention that he's like anything would just be disrespectful to Heath Ledger. And so there's... Gosh, he's so great. Well, so I remember I remember prior to the Dark Knight coming out reading a review where someone was like, so like, does something tee up a third movie at the end of this movie? He's like, I made a movie. He's like, I want to tell a, a complete story. There's yeah. just nothing cheap about him. No. And like that's... I, I res- like there's something about he took so long to come back to make a third one because he's like, I told what I wanted and I don't even know if there's any more I want to tell. Mm. And I'm sure they were like, we'll give you all the money, Christopher Nolan, to make this movie, the sequel to The Dark Knight. And it wasn't, in- he just has a lot of integrity as a filmmaker, yeah. which is, I think, it can- I think it's kind of rare in someone who makes very entertaining popcorn movies yeah. to also be like, no. Like, an hour of this movie was shot in IMAX. Could you tell? It would kind of switch the format. I can... No, I can... I never pay attention. So an hour of it or so was shot all with IMAX cameras. And he's all about shooting on film and Mm -hmm. practical effects. The opening sequence is... Look, you'll want to rewatch it after I tell you this. Well, I figured it was like... (laughs) They did almost... All of that, practically. The wow. only part that really was fake was when, you know how the one plane overtakes the other? Yeah. And it falls to the side and the wings break off? That was digital. <laughs> Otherwise, they did have two planes and obviously a third plane filming it. Yeah. They had people rappel to the side and they did have it suspended. The craziest part is that shot where Bane has the guy yeah, and yeah, the yeah. fuselage drops around mm-hmm. him. They dropped a plane that was just like a strip of land, I think in New Zealand. They just dropped the plane for that shot. You don't even see the fuselage make it all the way to the ground. But they, like, he just did everything practical and it, it will forever look incredible. Oh, yeah. And, like, the bat, that was something they built. 
they had these different things like they either had it on like hydraul hydraulics or like strings or wires or cranes and then they digitally like erase the cranes so when it's flying around that's a thing that they were flying around and it looks like it yeah, yeah. it will always look incredible for that reason i just it's what amazing what do you think his net worth is i can't i can't i can't even imagine and that was actually something else that he really wanted with this movie is he's like you know i loved these old like classic Hollywood movies. So he's like, I want Bane to be like, to feel like a monster from these old monster, universal monster movies. Yeah. Mm. I want the finale with all the police rushing in this big fight. I want it to feel like those big bombastic epics from the 50s where you had uh, like 300 extras all running around at the same time. Oh, so that, that was great too. So that's what I'm saying. Like he had these things, like he was more preoccupied with like these things he just wanted to like see on screen. I think he pulled it off. He's, he's great. Can I say something else? Yes, Please. of course. I kind of thought that the third movie would go in a different direction, which is another reason why I'm a little, not disappointed with this movie. I just thought the end of The Dark Knight was setting up a direct sequel where Batman would be a criminal and you'd have the cops kind of after Batman 2 and it would be like this cat and mouse. And I was like, oh, you could do like a smaller scale where like maybe you have the Riddler and the cops are, cops and Batman are trying to catch the Riddler, but the cops are also trying to catch Batman. I thought it was going to be the smaller, leaner scale where he was going to be the villain of the third movie. <laughs> And instead, it's like the biggest. But if any, no, it's like the opposite. <laughs> well, yeah. not even that. It's, and then it's like actually, it's eight years later, and Batman hasn't been seen. Because at the end of the Dark Knight, you think like, oh, he's gonna be, he's gonna keep being Batman, but yeah. he's gonna be like hated. Mm-hmm. And then it's like that was actually the last time we saw him in almost, mm. almost a decade. Yeah. And like, how dare you think it'd be smaller and leaner? <laughs> I just thought I was like, you know, no one would do that. He would subvert that instead of trying to go bigger. He'd be like, I want to like a more. I don't know. I I have told this to Chris Hodgson who had a pretty good like rebuttal, which was each movie is thematically about the soul of Gotham, fighting for what the soul of Gotham means. Yeah, And he's like, I'm not sure how you fit that in into that smaller story, whereas this very broad story is very much about the soul of Gotham. So this was filmed in... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, what? I actually feel like, well, I'm sure it was filmed in various places, but I remember when I worked for UPMC, because UPMC was all over the place in that movie, they are very proud. <laughs> was it filmed in Pittsburgh? Yep, a lot of it was. Okay, the bridge part, too? Mm-hmm. There's like a part where you can like... I don't know if you can see UPMC in the background, but you can see the logo. Oh, really? They were, and I'm sure that cost so... Which is weird, because like... They were doing their advertising with us, so I'm sure that... Can you imagine what that costs? They did, so they, they used parts of Pittsburgh, New York, and New Jersey, too. Like, okay. the, the stock exchange, that is Wall Street in okay. New York. India was the cave. Everything yeah, yeah. was shot in India. The final scene where John Blake is diving, like, cave diving into that the back yes. cave, essentially, they shot that in Wales. Something I don't know, what are those tiny roadblocks that come up in the beginning in Wall Street? Although that's just, they have those. That's like just what? roadblocks. Oh, okay. They yeah. have those. Didn't you tell me about those in DC too? They have, yeah. Is it to like stop people from getting away? Mm-hmm. Or like getting in. They have them around the Capitol too. Interesting. Isn't it? Go Steelers. <laughs> I'm sure there'd be some like football facts because it's like an actual football team that's playing. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it's in that stadium. It, it, I think it is. Which is why the UPMC thing would be like, uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, was that pretty shocking when they killed the mayor? They blew him right up. Just Oh, you know what? I didn't even notice because the mayor does nothing for oh, me. Oh, the mayor that's always wearing eyeliner. <laughs> it's his real eyes. 
Yeah, okay. Okay. We'll believe it when we see it. The, why does the oh. mayor exist in any of these movies? Just to be the mayor? Wait, I like I like having the... Uh, like, I think it adds weight to like a, a layer of realism in The Dark Knight with you're dealing with like a crime drama. But you could Having just, like that bureaucrat and like that dynamic of like he, Harvey Dent He being, does so little that you could honestly just talk about the mayor and we would get the same... It would be the same effect. I still like that he's in it. I like that he's a casualty of Bane. Jason likes eyeliner. <laughs> I think he looks handsome. <laughs> Prettier than Anne Hathaway. Hans Zimmer returned for the music. James mm-hmm. Newton Howard, who the last two with Hans Zimmer, didn't return because he said that Hans Zimmer did such a good job with Nolan, with Inception, that he'd be like, I just would just feel like a third wheel. Yeah. These people are so... Isn't that interesting? They're just like... They care about the art. They do. So he created the chant, the Deshi Basara. Basara, Basara. So he created that, like, that's an actual that's an actual chant that really does mean rise. He crowdsourced audio online. He sent out, like, a big message that, like, people could just record themselves saying it. Oh, my god! And then he mixed it all together. And I honestly can't remember if I really did this or not, but I'm pretty sure my roommate <laughs> Spencer Harris and I did that, recorded our voices and sent it in. Like, thousands of voices for, like, the... Because he wanted to feel this, like, epic. You're, you should tell people you're in this movie, then. I yeah. should. Because you are. I kind of am. So the ending... We liked it. Yeah, it was great. I think it's very effective. Yeah. The score's wonderful. <laughs> I liked one... I, I liked it all but one part. You should use your full name. I like that name. Robin. It's so <laughs> dumb. It's so stupid. Here's the thing. I don't hate it. I don't hate it because he's not Robin. Yeah. He's clearly meant to be Batman, right? Batman mm. Beyond. The, like, I like, this is something I really like about how these movies work. And they did talk about how when they were making Batman Begins, they were like, you know, if we make a trilogy of this, this is how we'd want it to end. And I like that they've made like this idea of like a legacy and what does like, it's important that no one knows who he is, like that it could be anyone. Yeah. Like they've put a lot of good meaning into like what is a basic superhero story. The idea was to be a symbol. Batman could be anybody. That was the point. And like this, like a concept. It's like Zorro or the like the Phantom, that bad Billy Zane movie. <laughs> but like that, like it's a legacy that you could like pass on, and then we're like be another Batman. Like he, I mean, he has no training. He would, I don't know how he would actually be a Batman. <laughs> but I like the thematically. I like that a lot, and like I like that they, like they recreate those like the bats in the cave. They like mm-hmm. do the same shots from Batman Begins. But do you remember people being like, oh, he's he's the Robin? Well, okay, so John Blake is, a, is an actual cop character from the comics, but he doesn't do much of what he does. But, like, John Blake's, in this, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character has a lot of the background of, like, a couple of, you know there's, like, multiple Robins? There's, like, several people who have been Robin. Oh. He kind of is the mix of two specific backgrounds, like Dick Grayson, who's typically Robin, and another one named um, Tim Drake. He's supposed to kind of be like an homage to those, all these characters together, because no one was always like, we're never going to do Robin, because I don't really know how to do that in a way that's not stupid and cheesy. Yeah. I kind of think, I kind of wish they hadn't included that Robin thing, because I just, I bet it did throw a lot of people off. Yeah. Just... Oh, 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 well, because oh you know how people just people can't tell if like fan made trailers are fake or not. You know, like that crap. <laughs> yeah. They're always like, I heard they're doing a fourth one with him as Robin. I'm like, they're not. Just, tr- just trust me. They're absolutely not. Uh, I heard they are. I saw a trailer. You don't understand. They can't make a trailer until they like shot footage and they can't shoot it. Like people would know that there's this movie was like it just uh, drives me crazy. I think that ending is very effective. As soon as he, it's is, a great montage with good music. Yeah. As soon as he picks up the bomb, it just. It's it's hitting it. Yes. It's hitting every stride. Uh-huh. 
And and obviously like that shot of like Alfred seeing him and being like, this is what I wanted for you. I, I felt like they tipped it a bit too hard earlier when he's like, you know, I always had this dream that you would like go live your, that whole thing. I was like, oh, I, I wonder if this is how the movie's going to end. But then I honestly I forgot like about it. I forgot about it until the actual moment, oh. which I think is probably intentional. So Do you they, think it'd be better if they didn't tip to it and that it just ends with that? Mm, I don't know. No, because Maybe. like... Because you need... I think it's nice to have that set up. Otherwise, you'd be like, why is he nodding and France. walking away? He's <laughs> like, they're like, okay, like... It's, yeah. they're not on the run. Like, it, I think if you didn't have that context, you'd be like, what's going on? Because by that point, by that point in the ending too, you already know that Bruce Wayne's back because the reveal that he's back is when Morgan Freeman's like, please, I just need to know what I could have done to fix it. But Mr. Fox, it, it's already been fixed. Software patch, six months ago. Check the ID on the patch. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and then you're and then like the mu- the music kind of shifts into like the uh-huh. triumphant like mm-hmm. theme and just like the bat signals re like remade uh-huh. and nice Jim and Gordon's shiny. just and smiling. He, like, he smooths it over a little. Uh it and I I love that final shot of him like yeah hits the platform it rises up and the water's like falling down just that's great. Uh it it's great. Even the worst kind of movie if if it sticks the landing. I mean, like, that's the point of a story is, like, a good ending. Mm. Right? Right. Like, it makes up... It, it, a good ending will make me forgive so much in a movie or and, any kind of story. And for a movie that's almost three hours, you're entertained the whole time. Mm. Yeah. yeah. When um, when Gordon's, like, trying to get the thing into the truck, just, like, struggling, and then <laughs> Morgan Freeman's climbing out of the water tank. Oh, I was like, oh, man, I there's thought a for lot sure of, he was going to die. A lot of old men Do, doing, doing stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Are, are we just glad that Alfred wasn't around for any of that? Because he for sure could not He's have survived frail. it. <laughs> it's true. Oh, it's also very sweet when they're like, The contents of the house are to be sold to settle the estate's accounts, and the remainder is left in its entirety to Alfred J. Pennyworth. The house and grounds are left to the city of Gotham on condition that they never be demolished, altered, or otherwise interfered with that they shall be used for one purpose and one purpose only. The housing and care of the city's at-risk and orphaned children. Yeah. It's a good ending. <laughs> All right, so it, July 20th, 2012, it made just over a billion dollars. 87% Rotten Tomatoes. There was some slight pressure to like do a continuation, but no one was always like, that's it, I told, my, I told the story. And Bale talked about, he's like, I would do another one if Christopher Nolan did it. And I, he won't. So I'm not, I'm never, yeah. Oh. So there was like a little bit of like, and he even talked about how like the next year they said like, oh, Ben Affleck's going to be the next Batman. But he did feel like for a day, he's like, oh, should we have done another one? Oh, really? But he's like, no, you know, like we, we did it. We did what we wanted to. That's something that Nolan does that he has, I'm ending something, which that's rare in blockbuster making. Especially when someone's going to give you millions of dollars and your movie's going to make billions. Yeah. So this came right after like the Wall Street, Occupy Wall Street movement. So there was a lot of people that were like, oh, is this like a commentary? Oh my gosh. And no one was like, no. No, it's a movie. I wrote this in 2010. Um, (laughs) Rush Limbaugh alleged that the film intended to harm 2012 GOP candidate Mitt Romney due to Bain's name being similar to Bain Capital. The financial service company Romney headed. Unfortunately, the character Bane has existed as a major Batman villain since 1993, and Nolan called the comments bizarre. Freaking <laughs> rush. Like... So, so Nolan made Dark Knight in 2008, 
Yeah. Inception 2010. Uh-huh. This in 2012. Uh-huh. He was busy. I would say even if you don't like Christopher Nolan, you have to begrudgingly admit he's one of the like most influential filmmakers of the 21st century. 100%. One of the very few that has that amount of power. Oh, he can do whatever he wants. They'll yeah. let him do. He can take big swings like Interstellar. Especially for things that are outside of intellectual property. Like that Abs- aren't oh, Marvel. That yes. aren't part of a franchise he's one of the last directors that can sell a big like make hundreds of millions of dollars off his name yeah i think tarantino's another one yeah no one cares about tenet as an intellectual property but no. they see christopher nolan they're like i'm in like oh yeah yeah Let's obviously like i'm gonna see this it's Let's gonna be go. great i wanted to see how much you guys think christopher nolan's worth oh i'm gonna say 400 million okay i'm gonna say 200 million mr chalet is right again <gasps> what 200 million oh my gosh that's still so much money. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, my, bar- my barometer is Robert Downey Jr., who I know knew make like 50 million off Avengers. You know what I mean? I was trying to be like, yeah, oh, directors. I don't know. They probably he probably makes like 15, 20 off a movie. I don't know. Maybe more. I don't know. Just 200. 200 million. Good for him. Yeah, I wish I had. He's doing million. okay. He's great. He hasn't. He doesn't have a an email address or something crazy, or like a cell phone. I can't remember what it is. Oh, really? Yeah, he's very old school. He's very British. I mean, he's very British. Yeah. And he always has a character that dresses like him in his movies. Oh, I was thinking about that. Who, Who was, was it in? It? In this movie? Yeah. Um, it's uh probably that JGL. No, that I don't know. I would say it's definitely Bruce Wayne if it had to be anyone. Oh. Cuz he always has kind of long hair. It's like very straight, very fine hair that's yeah. like slicked back. Suits. Probably the most anyone has ever looked like him is DiCaprio in Inception. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, Just in a suit the whole time. Inception. Yeah, look the, at that. There's, well, and then like uh, Robert Pattinson looks like he's wearing a lot of scarves in the Tenet trailers. Mm-hmm. So people yeah. are like, well, there's the Nolan in, scarves. Does he do that intentionally? Just know, like a funny know. little self-portrait? I don't know. But I will say in, so cool. in, the team in Inception is, is like some people say like, oh, it's very much like a filmmaking team. You have like the director and like the producers and like Ariadne, that's Ellen Page. She's the screenwriter. Yeah. And if like DiCaprio's character is the director, he's supposed to be like, and like oh. JGL's character in that is the producer. Their function on the team in Inception is very similar to these different roles in making a movie. I I want. Let's like go to see watch. that again because yeah, that movie's I really incredible. Want to. I haven't it's seen in theaters it right now. I haven't seen it in a long time. Let's go see it. Okay. 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 Uh, let's go around and say the most and least engaging parts of the film. Okay. Mm-hmm. Courtney, most engaging, least engaging. Most engaging is for sure when he shows up as Batman for the first time. Oh, nice. Most most engaging for me that was just like ah, oh, he's back, and then least engaging when he's in the jail. I love the beginning. I love that whole sequence with the planes. I think that is so cool. It's awesome. Um. And and it, I love when movies start like that. Just like start with you don't really know what's going on, but something's happening and you're in. They drop you right in. Yeah, yeah. Um, least engaging. Uh, yeah, the the pit is like I feel like it's necessary, but also it's a bit of a, a yawn. It's the equivalent to me of when he's in Siberia or wherever he is. They do kind the of one. retread a lot of similar ground we've seen I'm in Batman like, Begins. No, they. Yeah. He essentially has to like become Batman twice in this movie. That's yeah. what I'm saying. There's some narrative things that you could have moved. Around. I don't know. I don't know how to. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Um, my favorite part is the last 15 minutes. Sure. It's just the be- easily the best part of the movie, and I'm just always like so gripped in emotionally, and like I love that part. Uh, at least engaged. Somewhere in the first fourth of the movie where like Selena Kyle's kind of going around and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like promoted to detective. He's like, and we don't believe in coincidences. And he's like (laughs) going around and Peter Foley's like, this hothead over here. Yeah. Like 
a lot of that, I'm just like, I don't really know why. I'm not, I'm not really interested in this. And this doesn't really lead anywhere interesting except to find out that, like, Dag, it's been pouring the construction. They're going to. Yeah. yeah. So that part is where I'm like, that's usually where I would I would fast forward past that stuff. <laughs> if I was watching by myself, I'm like, I just want to hit the highlights of this movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, most engaging, least engaging character. Mm. Most engaging's Batman, right? In this movie? Oh, I don't know. It's a tie between Batman and Bane because every time Bane's on, I'm like, <gasps> I'm just like my ears go up. Like I'm just like so alert. Least engaging, Marion Cotillard. To be different, I think Marion is the most interesting female okay. in all three of these movies. And I think Bane is the most engaging until the very end. No, nah, I'll stick with Bane. Least engaging, Selena Kyle's roommate. What is she even doing? <laughs> Oh, yeah. She's in something else. I couldn't figure out what it was. There's Juno Temple. She's just annoying. I also might say Bruce Wayne might be the most engaging character. I Obviously, Bane's like interesting, but the times when uh, Bruce Wayne or Batman's on screen is when I'm most invested in what's happening. Yeah. Um, at least engaging uh, might be might be Daggett, Ben Mendelsohn's yeah. character. Can I also mention that I really like how they adapted Catwoman's costume in a practical sense. It's very clever. That cat yeah. suit. And I, the most clever part is her glasses that help her like crack safes. And when they flip up, they uh-huh. make the cat ears. Yeah. yeah I was like, that's well done. You've yeah. like translated that in a very clever way that that makes sense within the world that you've built. Right. That is right. like not cheesy. Not yeah. just like, mm, I'm going to put on a cat headband. Yeah. Although it is kind of ridiculous when they're like being held in the brig with all the other prisoners and she walks up just in her Catwoman outfit. You're like, why are you just wearing that? <laughs> it's very, I don't know. I don't like bat suits that are busy. And that's actually kind of a critique I have of the the Nolan Batman suit in this one in The Dark Knight. Yeah. there's. I like that you can move his head and it's like mm-hmm. leaner, but like there's a lot of pieces to it. And I think... I actually think the Ben Affleck one is the best looking suit that we've seen visualized. Interesting. And I will say as a Batman fan, because Catwoman is a regular like on again, off again, love interest for Batman, kind of an antihero. Yeah. When she does kiss him right before he goes and the camera like swoops around and there's just that great framing of them in the middle with the white all around them of them just locking lips that it weirdly does do something where you're like, ah, like realizing something like that on screen Mm -hmm. in a really cool way. I will... Okay. A little tip of the hat, Mr. Oh, Nolan. Yeah. You could have gone anywhere, did anything, but you came back here. So did you. I guess we're both suckers. Any other closing thoughts? We just—I just, I think Batman like wins. He does. He saves Gotham. He does. And he does it selflessly. And he's able to move on. Yeah. yeah. And he inspires generations. Somehow doesn't die. And I just love that he he sticks to his Batman as a symbol, not a man. Batman is a symbol, not a man. I love that something that this trilogy especially really leaned on. And like, I love that they're making little bat symbols everywhere. Like he is like the symbol is inspiring people to like rise up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, that was the Nolan trilogy. We watched it. It was great. Are you glad that you revisited yes. it? I haven't seen those for a long time. Okay. I did if say this one may be, <laughs> might be my favorite. I... I... I think I have to go Dark Knight now that I'm... You're off the Dark high. Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Batman Begins. Right. No, Dark Knight. Then I'd put Batman Begins and then Dark Knight Rises. I think that's I mine think. as well. Hmm. Personally. But they're all good. Yeah, they're not... None of, n- well, none of them are Well, nobody's feelings are hurt. Good. Well, first off, Ryan, you thanks for watching all of these with us. Wow. Yes, thank you for coming over. It's been a pleasure. 
It's been a genuine treat. I feel like we've gotten to a real good groove of I know. like getting the Jimmy Jones. We got the cookies. We get the treats. We <laughs> yep. like this set won't up. be the last time. Hundred percent. I, 100% I can't wait I to hope. come back. Be okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Please, 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 please. Well, Courtney, if people if people want to reach the podcast, where do you think they can find us if they really on so desire? On Instagram at Wife Watches. Yep. On Twitter at Wife underscore Watches, not the underscore. Uh, you can send us an email at mywifewatchesmovies at gmail.com or you can rate us and leave us a review. Great. Do it. Do it. You can find me at Red Green Shorts on Instagram and Twitter and Letterboxd. Love it. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. And remember, oh, you think darkness is your ally, but you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then it was nothing to me but blinding!